All right. Well, welcome again to Abounding Love Podcast. My name is Dave Nelson, and we are continuing through the book of Acts. So if you have your Bibles handy, uh, and I encourage you, if you don't, to take a moment and go and grab your Bible and open it up to Acts chapter 4. We studied uh, last time on our last time we were together on this podcast, we studied in chapter 3 how Peter was once again addressing a crowd of people. Uh, these people had gathered at Solomon's porch after a stir was caused by a lame man being healed in the name of Jesus. Peter took that opportunity to preach to this crowd the name of Jesus, and he exhorted them to repent and be converted. And in this podcast here, we're going to go ahead now and pick it up in verse 1 of chapter 4. So Acts chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Now as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. Now, as we read this first verse here, we see this group of people that is, that is coming at Peter and John to, to try and put a stop to them again, to what they're doing. This is the same group of people that opposed the ministry of John the Baptist, and it's the same group of people that opposed the ministry of Jesus. This was a group of religious leaders. This same group is at work today throughout the world in a spiritual sense. Religion wants control. Religion wants man-made order. And religion will stop the spreading of the gospel when the spreading of the gospel is being done outside of its control. Man likes to, to control things and set things up. And if you want to step out, if the Lord places it on your heart to, to step out and go and spread the gospel, you got to know there will be persecution. And don't be surprised if that persecution comes from a place where you really think it shouldn't have come from, or you didn't expect it to come from within, quote, the body of Christ, maybe, really, which is may not truly be the body of Christ. It's just man-made religion. And don't be surprised, though. Uh, Satan will pull out all stops. He'll work in any way he can to stop you from spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm just kind of speaking that right now into the hearts of some of you out there that are listening to this podcast that have that desire to go and spread the gospel. Know that there will be persecution. And like I said, don't be surprised from where that persecution comes from. It can come in any form. But one thing that we definitely see throughout the New Testament here is that persecution against Christianity came from religion. It came from man that had formed their own ways of doing things and they formed their own little group or their own little unity, whatever it may be called. And they say, this is how we do things and you need to get with how we do things. And if you're going to try and spread the gospel in this area, then you might want to think twice about that or you know, it's just not going to be well with you. Whatever the case may be, there's all kinds of scenarios out there that I can't speak to them at all. But know this, you need to press on. If you have a calling in the Lord, press on and do it and doing it. Do not fear what man can do. You know, eventually these man-made structures, when they're all just held together by men, eventually they begin to crumble. The truth begins to be exposed and, and, uh, and that ends up being stopped. But we're going to see as we go through the book of Acts that the work of the Holy Spirit 
cannot be stopped. So if it's a work of man, it will be stopped. If it's a work of the Holy Spirit, it will not be stopped. So if you step out, you face persecution, you face setbacks, whatever it may be, press on in the Lord. Press on in the calling that God has for you. Maybe God will open up another door for you to do ministry in a different way. However the Lord leads. But Peter and John were doing a good thing here. They were preaching Jesus and salvation in his name. But this greatly disturbed this group. And they were not happy about it at all. Look at verse 2. Being greatly disturbed, it says, that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. You know, we need to be real careful that our gathering together as believers does not create an exclusive group. The spiritually lame and poor and blind don't attend our meetings. They're out there on the highways and the byways. That's where Peter and John found that lame man that we read about in chapter 3. They were going into the temple, but he was laying outside by the gate. Why, though, did these religious leaders see what Peter and John were doing as wrong? What could be wrong about healing a man and preaching salvation? Well, it's because they did not like this movement. They did not like the fact that people were placing their hope in something other than them leading the people. Lives were now being changed by the name of Jesus and and by the power of his word, the power of his resurrection. And these religious leaders were greatly disturbed. But you know, as we read that verse there, it's kind of ludicrous, isn't it? They were greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Look at verse 3. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Now, this laying on of hands is a different kind of laying on of hands than we as Christians know. We lay hands on people to pray for people and to exhort them and to encourage them This was not that kind of laying on of hands. And uh, but these leaders were not going to stop this movement of the Holy Spirit. I love the first word of verse four. However, many of those who heard the word believed and the number of men came to be about 5000. Amazing, huh? Nothing stops the work of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, we read where over 3,000 had come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And here we see an additional 5,000. 8,000 people in a very short amount of time. This was a serious threat to man-made religion. If these people have somewhere else to turn, rather than turning to the temple and its leaders, it could have a profound impact on the temple's bottom line. Can you imagine the temple losing 8,000 people that bring money into the temple? See, people's hearts were being changed. And this was upsetting the apple cart of religion. Sadly, This same thing exists today. 
Church leaders say things like, you can't build a church too close to mine. You're treading on my territory. This isn't right. Well, no wonder we're not seeing thousands of people come to salvation today. The temple of that day was was not having a great impact on people's spiritual walk. It was the name of Jesus that had the impact, and it's the name of Jesus that needs to be going forth in the world today. Why not put a Jesus-proclaiming church on every corner, in every neighborhood, maybe, you know, in every household? Let's proclaim the name of Jesus. And be careful, those of you that are leaders out there in the church, in the body of Christ. Be careful that you're not tearing down others who are just out preaching the gospel, who are just out teaching the word of God. Unfortunately, that probably won't happen, but more churches is not the answer anyway. The name of Jesus is the answer. And when I say put them in every neighborhood, let's proclaim the name of Jesus in every neighborhood. There are people out there, like I said, on the highways and the byways that aren't coming to our churches. They're not even going to make the trip to Sunday morning service for whatever the reason. Many people are not in church, and we need to reach out as the body of Christ. We need to reach out for them and stop making our own little cliques and our own little groups and, and, and forming all of our, our own little religion is what it ends up being. People don't need religion. People need Jesus. People don't need the name of our church, our buildings, our programs. They need Jesus. And they're not coming to our buildings, so let's go to where they are. So this kind of, this podcast here is kind of directed more toward the body of Christ, you know? And there are many of you out there that are listening to this that haven't even come to that place. But know this, religion is not what you need. Religion won't change your heart. Man-made church and all that kind of stuff won't change your heart, but Jesus will. And then as the Lord Jesus changes your heart, you will have a desire to fellowship with other believers. But we'll get to that at a later time. But the apostles here were being persecuted by these religious leaders. And in verse five, it says, and it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? So this group of religious leaders calls him in for a meeting and says, Hey, what are you doing? By what power or by what name are you doing this? What they really wanted to know, are you doing this the way we want you to be doing this? And if you're not, why are you not doing this the way we want you to be doing this? They were questioning them about that miracle, though, that had taken place. How did they heal that lame man? Where did they get this power? And whose name has this kind of power? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, 
rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Wow, that's powerful. No exposition is needed on that. That's pretty plain and simple, isn't it? Peter says, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Lord, give us faith to speak your name, Jesus. And once again, if you're stepping out and you're preaching the gospel and you're doing it in the name of the Lord, don't worry what man can do. Just press on. Just press on. Verse 11 goes on to say, This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You know, we're living in a time where the enemy is deceiving more and more people regarding accepting all religions. All faiths serve the same God, they say. They just take a different path to get there. But that's what Satan is telling people. But the fact of the matter is, is there is only one way. And that way is not a religion. It's a person. And that person is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way apart from him. There is no real truth apart from him. And there is no real and abundant life apart from him. Jesus is the only way to the Father. We cannot compromise on that fact. There is there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, verse 13 says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. This is an amazing verse to me. These priests, temple captains and Sadducees, were observing Peter and John as they spoke, and they saw their boldness and they marveled. Peter and John were not trained by any of their rabbis, and they didn't have any schooling in theology, but they seemed to be speaking with power. And what amazes me is that what these religious men had concluded was that they had been with Jesus. Could it be that Jesus was still alive? Where did these common men get such great knowledge and power? They knew that Peter and John were empowered by Jesus. And I pray that that will be the case for you and for me. That the time we spend with Jesus would be evident to others and that the power of the Holy Spirit will, be, will use us to impact the lives around us. Verse 14, 
and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So even if they wanted to question the authority of Peter and John, they could say nothing because standing right before them was a man that was once lame and has now been made well. On a couple of occasions, I've had some people knocking at my door and they've tried to get me to consider their viewpoint. And I've shared with them that it would be impossible for me to consider anything else because I've been born again. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. You see, there was a transformation when I came to Jesus. And Jesus is all I need. You cannot convince me that I need anything more. We're complete in Jesus. Verse 15. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. You see, these religious leaders could not deny what had just taken place. A good thing had happened. But sadly, this is the way of religion. And more specifically, it is the way of man. Our flesh wants to control. We don't want anything that's going to upset the way we want things to be. So these men said, let's threaten them and shut them up. Let's get them off of our turf and make them go away. But Peter and John would have none of that. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and would continue to speak the name of Jesus until the day they died. And they go on in verse 20, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And you know, for you and me today, that's all we need to do is speak what we have seen and heard. In other words, you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've been born again. What is it that the Lord Jesus has done in your life? Let others know. Tell them your experiences. Your experiences are unique. God has done a work in your heart, and that is all you need to share. I've personally not uh, seen a, a lame man healed physically. But I know that Jesus has changed my life, right? I, I don't need to go out and say, hey, I've seen this miracle or that miracle. I need to tell of the miracle that's been done within my own heart. Share that with people. We just need to speak to others what we personally know. We, not, we do not need to be educated and trained in theology. And we do not need to be approved by men. 
If I go to a good pizza joint and that pizza has a tremendous impact on my taste buds, I share that experience with people. I don't need to be um, culinary trained to tell you how good something is. I just need to tell you my experience with it. And that's as simple as it is. Just tell what Jesus has done for you to the people that God brings across your path. The power of the Holy Spirit is in us and he will give us what we need to say. We just need to trust in him and begin speaking. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people since they all glorified God for what had been done. Verse 22, for the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And this had to be so exciting for them. They couldn't wait to tell other believers what had just happened. And this event didn't cause them to go into hiding. That's what they did when Jesus died. Remember? When they had no power. But now they're filled with the power of the Spirit. And this was only going to strengthen them and to cause them to praise the Lord even more. So when they heard that they had, verse 24, so when they heard that they raised their, or excuse me, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. So with this prayer, They are stating all the facts to God of who they know he is and what they have seen him do. We see them addressing God as the maker of all, and they were proclaiming the death of Jesus on the cross, that 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 death was not to the glory of evil men, but rather it was God's predetermined purpose. It was God's hand that planned all this. They go on in verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, the threats of these religious leaders has now set the believers' hearts ablaze. They ran directly from the threats to prayer. They were pressing on in spite of the religious leaders. They knew that Jesus was the answer the world had been waiting for and by the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing was gonna stop 
the spread of the gospel. These believers were all united and adversity had led them to their knees. They took this matter to prayer and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit had given them a passion and a common purpose. And once again, speaking to some of you out there that have been persecuted and maybe persecuted by people who you never anticipated that type of persecution. You stepped out to do a good thing. You stepped out to preach the gospel and then adversity came. Well, press on. Press on in the power of the Holy Spirit. Run to prayer. Take it to prayer. Don't seek, don't seek, you know, anyone else's opinion. Take it straight to Jesus. Hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to you and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and to press on. Not to go and fight against everyone else. Not to go and fight against the establishments that that are out there. But go pressing on, taking the love of Jesus and the name of Jesus to the people around you. You have nothing to prove to men. God is in your heart. The Lord Jesus has given you his Holy Spirit to empower you. Just take it to the world. And and some of you may say, well, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a preacher. I'm not somebody that wants to do that. Then it doesn't matter to me, like I've said in previous podcasts, whether you're a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker. Whatever your profession is, take it. There are people out there that you can impact at your workplace, in the grocery store, in your own homes, in your neighborhood. Don't don't get caught up in the fact of everything you do spiritually takes place in a building someplace, in a church, because then that's where you're going to die on the vine. That's where you're going to dry up spiritually. But it's when you go in the power of the Holy Spirit that you will begin to grow and be strengthened. And when persecution comes, that's what happens. You know, persecution, we're going to see it as we go throughout the book of Acts. Persecution caused them to scatter. But when they scattered, what happened? Well, the gospel was spread in those other areas where they were scattered too. So know that God works all things together for for good. Okay, You're called according to his purpose. So go in the name of Jesus. Let's look at verse 32. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they were distributed to each as anyone had need. This was amazing what was taking place. They were united, not for the purpose of religion. They were not united for the purpose of of, of forming their own little Group, they were united for the purpose of witnessing to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. The things of this world meant nothing to them. 
anything of any value was sold and given to the apostles and distributed to anyone that had need. They were a tight-knit community. And they would become a powerful force that would turn the world upside down with the name of Jesus. Satan does not want the name of Jesus to be spread. So he will threaten, he will lie, he will manipulate, and he will do whatever we can to keep us from stepping out in the calling that God has for us. But I have learned to not lose focus. Go back to your knees. And the Lord will, will sometimes, for many of you out there, He'll take you back to that place of your first love where it was just you and Jesus. It was just you and Him. It wasn't about anything else. It was just you and Him and you were on track with doing the right things. And some of you out there have gotten way off track. You've made it about your church. You've made it about your programs. You've made it about your buildings. You've made it about everything else when it just needs to be all about Jesus. The only name given under heaven for salvation is the name of Jesus. And the believers of the early church were sold out for his namesake. And that's why they were seeing the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Do you ever wonder why maybe we're not seeing the power of the Holy Spirit? Could it be that we're preoccupied with our own religion? Could it be that we're, we've put God in our own little box and we've said, here's where we worship. Here's what time we worship. Here's how we worship. And we have all these other little foo-foo things we do. And you're wondering why our churches are dying. They're dead. There's no power there. Who wants to come to a place that's dead? where the world often says there's a bunch of hypocrites there. And quite frankly, I can't blame them. We see hypocrites within the church today. People that are saying one thing and, and behind the scenes doing another. And they may give an appearance in front of everyone else as if they're good and righteous and doing what's right, but behind the scenes, they're tearing others down. Well, God sees this. The Holy Spirit sees this. And eventually, the truth is revealed. But this chapter here, and we're going to go ahead and close out this podcast, but this chapter here closes by introducing us to Barnabas, who we will learn more about in later chapters in the book of Acts here. But it says in verse 36, and Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated the son of encouragement. So that's amazing right there. You know, this guy was given a nickname that said, man, this is his character. This is a man of encouragement. He's not tearing people down. He's building people up. He's encouraging people. So it's kind of neat to me that this chapter ends in this way, introducing us to a man. We see religion tearing down in this chapter. And we see a man being introduced at the end of this chapter named Barnabas, the son of encouragement. He was a Levite of the country of Cyprus. It says in verse 37 that having land, he sold it, 
and he brought the money and he laid it at the apostles' feet. And we're going to go on as we study. We'll see more about Barnabas, like I said, but onto the scene comes a man who is the son of encouragement. And you know, today, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He is the counselor. He is the one that will encourage your heart wherever you are, wherever, whatever uh, your life has brought you to right now. Know that the Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is in you and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And for those of you that haven't come to that place yet, maybe the Holy Spirit, like I've said in the previous podcast, the Holy Spirit is with you right now telling you there's no other name. It's only Jesus. There's salvation in no other way. And some of you are out there and you've been caught up in playing church. You've just been playing church. And you wonder, why am I dry spiritually? Where's the power of the Holy Spirit? Why am I not seeing the moving of the Holy Spirit in my life? Well, maybe you've turned your eyes off of it and you're not sold out. You've not surrendered all. And maybe you need to come back to that first place, that place, excuse me, of your first love. Know this, guys. If God be for us, who can be against us? Know that he wants to empower you. He wants to bless you. But it's not about the things of this world. It's about the things of eternity. It's it's a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of the external. So if you're out there and you're one of these people today that has not given your life to Jesus Christ, simply get on your knees and call out to him in prayer. Pray to him. Tell him that you're done with you, that you want more of him, that you want Christ in you, the hope of glory, and he will come into your heart. Receive him by faith and press on in growing in the grace and in the knowledge of him. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the podcast and we'll see you on the next one.